Welcome to C3 Church Tabra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Bill Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. We've been talking about the Word of God, and I'm just loving hearing people doing devotions morning and night on you version. It's awesome. But the Bible says in Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless. You haven't got it, guys. Sorry, I dropped this in later. Formless. So the earth was formless. There's some people who have got no form. Uh, they're empty. Darkness over them. This was the earth I'm talking about. It was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I believe the Spirit of God is hover, hovering over our city, over the central coast. I honestly believe it. Over this area here, from the ocean to here, north, south, east, and west. I believe it. But then it says in Genesis 1-3, and then God said. Now that's the word. And then God said. That's how important the word is. Let there be light, and there was light. And we had, carries on with all this great stuff that created the, the heavens and the earth. But then in the New Testament it says, Jesus was the Word. John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and, and the Word was God. But, even though Jesus was the Word, it wasn't until he was 30 years of age, and that he was baptized in the Jordan, and a dove, symbolic of the Holy Spirit, anointed him. And then he goes into the wilderness and was tempted for 40 Days, 40 nights. Finally, he encounters the devil. And he overcomes the devil by the word of God. Amen? But then the Bible says, now this is important. It's uh, Matthew 3.16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning on him. 3.17, and a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I believe everyone needs to hear that. Everyone needs to hear that. As I said, Jesus was obedient. He went into the desert. He was tempted. He wrangled with the devil. He won. But then Jesus came out of the desert in Luke 4.14, and I love this, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power, say power, in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. So although he was the word, no, no signs and wonders, no miracles, but it was when he was baptized and empowered by God, that's when all the miracles began to happen. He was saying things like Matthew 4.17, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. Now, for me, that is about the kingdom that we are presently feeling. Repent. What's that mean? That means turn from your natural mindset to your heathen mindset. Turn from that. Turn mentally, spiritually. Turn your body. Turn your life and present yourself to the light and the truth of Jesus Christ. When you do that, you're... And this is the best thing I can describe when I got saved, when I said yes to Jesus, 
in a little bungalow at Illawong between the Georges River and the Warrenor River. And I said, Jesus, forgive me. I receive you into my heart. The best way I can describe that is a light just came upon me. I felt it. It was that dramatic. And so when you do that, the light, because what you do when you live as a heathen, you turn your back on the light. And that's where all the shadows and you start tripping around. Now, if you hang around a bunch of people that are also turning their back on God, all right, now you've got a massive shadow and you go, oh my God, it's dark. <laughs> Excuse me, where are we going? Hello? Uh, and then you go to all, you know. I've got to be careful what I say. I was going to say that could be what's happening with the bikies at the moment. Because they're just tripping over themselves and, and just. But Jesus walks into a synagogue and Luke 4.18, and he says this, he opens the scroll of Isaiah and he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed. 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus knew he was anointed. Jesus knew he had been set apart and anointed to do God's bidding. Amen? Do you realize that you are set apart, or you should be set apart to do God's bidding? That can happen in your life if you want it to. Jesus was anointed, he was enabled to preach the good news, and it had dramatic results. The brokenhearted were healed. He proclaimed liberty to the captives, they were loosed. Opening the prison doors, people that were demon-possessed were loosed out of their bondage. He had an anointing that was burden-loosing, yoke-destroying. It's the anointing that breaks some of this stuff off our life. Luke 4.32, they were amazed at his teachings because his message had authority, but it had anointing. Demons fled, the kingdom was abounding through him and around him. He couldn't go anywhere. If Jesus walked through the cross tonight, people would be, ah! people would be dropping to the ground, pleading for mercy, Demons would be writhing and people would be manifesting. It would be a massive breakout in the cross if Jesus walked through there. Because he had the anointing without measure. Not just some anointing. Not just some like some great woman or man of God. He was fully imbued with power. And when he walked through, demons would say, What do you want with us, son of man? Ah! Let's get out of here. Oh. If we had that, only a touch of that anointing. And I believe we do. And that's why we have some of the reactions of people in and around our world. Hello? Why do you think some people have an instant dislike to you? An instant disposition to you? Because you carry an anointing that makes them feel a bit weird and odd. Convicts them, in fact. Of course, the anointing was a sign of Israel's coming redeemer. The prophet Isaiah prophesied that the anointed one would come. Isaiah 10.27, King James Version says, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away 
from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed, hello, because of the anointing. Jesus knew he was anointed. Luke 4, 18 to 19. When Peter got up to preach, he just basically preached Christ. Christ means the anointing, the anointed one. He was the one prophesied to come. People knew he was the Christ, the Messiah. Christ and Messiah are the same, anointed one, anointing. Peter gets up, he goes to preach, he preaches about the gospel, about Christ, the anointed one. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Imagine being able to say that about Garth, and I do. And Garth, anointed. Garth of Narara. That's where you came from, brother, wasn't it? Garth of it. And how, and how God anointed Garth of Narara with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Because God was with him. Imagine being able to say that about God. Well, we can. When Philip got up to preach about Christ, Christ, what is it? The anointed one. Acts 8, 6 says, When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. No one on phones then. With shrieks and evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in that city. What is the anointing? It's the supernatural presence of God. It's that sweet spirit. You can feel the warmth of it sometimes. You can just feel its comfort. When you're ministering to people, it, it can come on you. Julie, we bought a car for Julie Thursday night. And two respectable citizens um, somewhere... And we were in their house, very nice house, and we're doing the deal. We're talking as we always do, Julie and I. I believe talking is a way to finally work out why am I meeting this person. Even with Stephen Ann Whitten today, we were spent, thank you very much for that lunch. They really appreciated it. And uh, thank you so much. Even talking to them. We finally realized after two hours this is what the Lord would say. And we prophesied over them. We had spiritual discernment over their life because they're, they're in quite a dramatic um, situation of trying to work out which way to go. But it took two hours to work this stuff out. God gives you the anointing to work this stuff out. So I'm sitting, standing in this house and we're signing the Rego papers and it's great. And, and uh, the lady presents herself here and I, and I said, are you sick? Yeah, she said, I've got... My algae, what is it? Fiber at my algae. I keep forgetting about that terminology, but anyway. She said, well, let, let us pray. I just said that. Let us pray. Whoa. The, the, the man especially goes, whoa. The woman goes, please pray for me. <laughs> Prayed for about two minutes. Minutes, sorry. About a minute. Lord God, pray. The sister's just died. Lord, grief, pray. Grief, please, comfort her, bless her, heal her, heal her, Lord, bless. Look at her after that, and she's crying. That's the anointing. I've talked to business people, and, and, and I'm talking, just talking practical stuff, and, and I realize, oh my God, there's a tear there. I've said something that has, God has been able to flow through something I've said. 
God says, great, I'll take that, Pastor Phil. I'll take that, Phil. And, and gives them an indication that God loves them and cares for them. But you've got to be anointed to be able to do this stuff. You've got to be anointed to be able to pull off some of this stuff. It happens to, it happens to us and it happens to people like us all the time. It is an, a physical thing. The anointing is physical. We can feel it. It's like a warm glow. And it's a signal saying, I'm pleased with you, C3 Tugra. I'm pleased with your worship. I'm pleased with your faithfulness. I'm pleased with you, Lisa. You should receive that anointing and, and bathe in it. Bathe in that anointing. That's God said, I'm pleased with you, housewife. I'm pleased with you, businessman. Everyone needs this anointing. John 8.29, there's healing in this anointing. As I said when we were praying for this, I can't help it. I, I knew she was ailing and I thought, man, I just feel the anointing. It's coming out. Get ready. Are you sick? Yes, I'm sick. Let's pray. The anointing's here. I'm not going to say that, but the anointing was there. That's the best way you can start your prayer well, you're evangelizing. That's the best thing, the best thing that you can do is start reaching out to people who are sick and begin to pray them, pray for them right there and then. Um, John 8.29 says, The one who sent me is with me. Jesus knew the anointing was with him. And he has, he has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. John 8.47, He who belongs to God hears what God says. That's important, hearing what God says. What are you saying about this person? What are you saying, Lord? The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. It's good to abide in God and continually abide in Him. There is a remarkable story of a woman, and it's a woman who had a complaint. She had an issue of blood. It says she had a continual bleeding for 12 years. And this is in the time of Jesus, right? And she was not allowed to come out in public, but she had had enough. The Bible says, if you were to read the account, and we won't for the sake of time in, in uh, Mark 5.27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd, and we will read it, 5.27. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. I believe that's going to happen in C3 Tugra more and more as people find out about this place. People are going to find their way here and find their way to the altar and they're going to be dramatically healed in Jesus' name. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask who touched you? Hundreds of people around him. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. See, he felt the virtue power. He felt power leave him. He felt this dunamis power leave his... There was a, a demand placed upon him, and he felt it leave him, even though he wasn't even looking in the right direction. He knew someone had placed a demand on his anointing. And that's what you should do in the life of the church. Place a demand on the anointing when we're preaching. Place a demand on the anointing when we're worshipping. Place a demand on the anointing 
when God presents himself especially. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done him. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. It's an awesome thing when you can come to a meeting and someone feels the anointing and the anointing has that dramatic effect on you. But it's up to your faith. You've got to believe it. You've got to place a demand on it. You've got to apprehend it. You've got to get yourself in the spirit. And look, cancel all the stuff out. Yes, I wore this shirt this morning. Did he wear that shirt this morning? Dude, his hair. Has he got a haircut? No, forget all that. Is he putting on weight? Yes, I am. I'm losing it. Thank you, Julie. Forget that. Press into the anointing. Close your eyes if you have to in the anointing. Lord, bring the anointing right now. Let's just close our eyes just for a moment. Lord, bring the anointing right now. Lord, I pray for the anointing upon everyone's dreams and vision. The anointing on everyone's heart that needs to hear you that needs to hear you, honestly hear you. Dear God, I just pray that they would have faith and it would be like this scripture. And he said to a daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. Jesus was able to do this radical stuff because people believed in him. He went to his hometown, Matthew 6, 5, or Mark 6, 5. He could do not any miracles. I went to see three Tugra and I didn't, I didn't receive any miracles. I didn't see any miracles except he lay hands on a few sick people and healed them. You got to honor God. Don't disrespect the house. Honor God. Press in. Respect God. Honor God. And as you do, no matter where you are, even if the church building is leaning over like that and there's a precious old lady playing the accordion, whatever, press in. Press into the Lord. Don't be distracted by the surroundings. Don't be distracted. Press in and respect and honor the Lord. And then you're in that zone to receive your healing and your blessings. There is a remedy to feel and experience the anointing. And I'm nearly done. Matthew 8, 18, 3. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change, unless you change, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself. Now, here it is, guys. Humble yourself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom. You've got to humble yourself in the presence of the Lord. What is the kingdom of God? Romans 14, 17. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, that means religion, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. James 4, 6 says it like this in, about humility. But he gives us more grace. That is why scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So these people doing these ones in the service, and they're looking on high, and they're looking to God, and they've got their heart surrendered to him, Without a shadow of a doubt, it's those people that will feel the anointing and experience the warm glow of God upon their heart. It's very, God will respect your wishes to stand there and, and, and just, be, just be unmoved. 
God will respect that. But if you surrender yourself, this is why we lift holy hands to the Lord. He will come. James 4.10 says it like this, Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. Humble yourselves before the Lord and He will lift you up. We need to stop resisting the Holy Spirit. And I think, I think this is what's happening in C3 Tugra in these services. We've stopped resisting the Lord. We're getting humble. We're surrendering to God. More people are getting faith in what God is doing in this church. 1 Peter 5.5 5. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you, clothe yourself with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. It's a position of your heart. It's a position of humility to the Lord God. That's where the anointing comes. The anointing comes upon you, humble before Christ, saying, God, I don't know how to do this, what you're asking me to do. How to witness to this person that I'm going to buy a car off. But I just feel that you want to pray for them. And I feel that you want to heal them. And I feel you want to incline yourself to them. Help me, Lord. If you humble yourself in that situation, the anointing will come upon you, boldness will come upon you, and you will speak. You will speak before your own you will speak beyond your natural ability. You will speak with a sensitivity and a tenderness, and they will just become the Lord's. This is the last thing I'll say. 1 John 2.20 says it like this. Should I be anointed, you might say? I'm no one special. I just attend church. I just got saved. But the Bible says when you got saved, you received the anointing. It says it like this, 1 John 2.20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One. Do you? Do you have an anointing? Put up your hand if you have an anointing. Actually, I'm suggesting the truth that you have the anointing. Now put up your hand if you have the anointing. I don't care if you went to the pub last night, sniffed drugs, whatever. <laughs> Please don't do that stuff. <laughs> but listen. Are you anointed? The Bible says this was written 60 years after Jesus died. And John says, I'll say it again. John says in 1 John 2.20, But you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. Powerful. First it says that we have the anointing, which is a, a very essential ingredient. But then, then it says... The second part of the statement says that we know all things. I'll say it again. But you have the anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. Another version says you know all things. 1 John 2.27 As for you, the anointing you receive from Him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as His anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in Him. This teaching is God teaching you how to flow in the Holy Spirit, whatever gifting you have. The Holy Spirit wants to teach you. The Holy Spirit wants to teach you whatever gifting you have. Only God can teach you and show you most of the stuff that you need to do in the supernatural. You are anointed and God will teach you. God will teach you. So if you're serious and you want to flow in the anointing and live the adventure of a Spirit-filled life, you can in the anointing. Things like in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. Things like the gifts of healing, the working of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the discerning of spirits, different kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. All that stuff comes from the anointing. 
if you are in Christ, there's an anointing for everything you've called to do. No matter how small or how great the task. That's what the apostle meant when he said, I can do all things through Christ, meaning the anointed one who strengthened me, Philippians 4.13. He didn't say, didn't, this is about Jesus. This is about the Holy Spirit. But through the anointing, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Through the anointing, I can do this. I can live this life. I can know things about people and prophetically speak into their life. I can understand the giftedness that I have in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says that you have giftedness that is in you, dormant maybe. But when the anointing comes upon you, that giftedness begins to flow and begins to express itself to our fallen world, to friends and family, even your mum and dad, whoever. So Father, right now I'm praying for the anointing to come upon every single person in this place. Let's just all stand and lift holy hands. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come. Holy Spirit, come right now. You said that we are anointed. I Do you believe it? You need to say, yes, I do. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.